Welcome to Casual Talk Radio Podcast found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister, I'm your host. Thank you for dialing in today, whether you're an existing subscriber or a new listener. We welcome everybody. Got a couple things to get out of the way first, and then we're going to get right into our topic for today. Casualtalkradio.net. That's our website. Check it out for all of our different podcast episodes, past and present. We're constantly making updates. We're refining the website experience. If you have any feedback, we'd appreciate hearing it. You can hit the contact link at the top, fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air. Who knows? Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. I did a thing. And I'm proud of myself and I'm going to tell the story because hopefully it can inspire people. I'm not suggesting that you become a rebel, a rebel or deviant. You know, I'm not suggesting or advocating that you buck the trend, especially if it's in your area, challenging times. And we know what that feels like. Many of us know what that feels like. I'm going to make an observation based on this experience, this very troubling experience. and. From that, I'm also going to share my thoughts about what's going on here. So I've been telling the story about the different endeavors, yeah? And the first endeavor's still going. We're making good progress, um, getting good stuff done. And that excites me because it means I can give them a better product. Overall, there's a lot of new work on deck, and I'm being pulled in to help steer the ship, as it were. And so it is what it is. It's just that the contact doesn't pay me like I want them to pay me. I just had to generate a new invoice. And of course, they're still late on the previous payment. Supposed to have been in uh, today or yesterday. It didn't happen. So there's that. Now, the second endeavor is firing on all cylinders. Billable hours are booked. Last week was full billable. So that's exciting. And I have to wait and see this week uh, because that's a weekly pay cycle. And I expect to be billing full hours every week going forward, which means that shores the gap of the first one. At the same time, it, it feels unfair, but it's enough money quickly enough that it'll, you know, expedite the process of getting out of Nevada. So that's been my number one priority is getting the heck out of Nevada. It's all I think about. Well, then there was the third endeavor I told about, and I said it's full-time, and I did actually a dedicated episode about the challenges of full-time. This has never become clear as recently, and it I'm proud of myself because it means I'm better at detecting when it's going to go wrong. Right. And I, that's been a failure in the past. I've accepted jobs just because it's a job. And fortunately for me, I don't need them. It's like they need me. I don't need them. And I kind of walk on water in my own mind about that. It's I'm not letting them make me believe that it's the other way around. I'm not letting them try to convince me that I should just bow down to stupid, silly things. And I'm going to describe some of these at a high level without specifics, but I want to share the story because I hope it inspires. And I know positions are different. I'm not suggesting it's the same. I am suggesting that for mental health, right, for you as your individual, there are certain things I believe are part and parcel required that should be considered in your career when you are at work or about to go to work. And then there's certain things that are part of you and your personal life. And one thing I see is a degradation of the barrier between your personal life and the workspace. So part of my challenge with full-time has always been some companies, not all, but the vast majority 
seem to want to trample on your personal time. And this came to light with the third endeavor recently because I still, the, the start date was supposed to be today. Okay. Well, the problem is that they drug their feet. This was three weeks start. So it's supposed to be two weeks. Then it was extended to three weeks. I ended up having to pay money for a certain thing that they required me to do. That wasn't disclosed up front. I was willing to try to do it as long as things were picking up. Things never picked up. The person that I'm working with there, who's their acquisition person, he's an awesome guy. He did everything he could to try to get this thing going, including driving to my place to get some stuff done because the HR there seems not to get it of what we're dealing with. To give a preface, the government, as in DHS and ICE, when you need to do the I-9, they have an exclusion because of the pandemic. The exclusion simply says, and I want you to know this in case you are ever confronted with a job opportunity, and hopefully they take advantage of this and they're doing their due diligence to understand. They have an exclusion they just extended that says you do not, for the I-9, it's literally the only form that's left in terms of the federal forms where previously you had to physically review it, look at somebody's ID, look at somebody's social security. You couldn't take images. You had to look at them face. So you always had to carry your ID and social security card with you. Well, I don't know if you've ever looked on the back of your social security card. If you look on there, I'm pretty sure it's going to have some verbiage that tells you don't carry this with you. However, you have to because of the I-9 stupidity. With the pandemic, and there's actually an open public opinion to make it permanent, but for right now for the pandemic, they said you don't need to review this physically. Just make sure to complete the form and then ideally do e-verify, which I will always pass. I actually ran e-verify myself. It will always pass. If you do e-verify, you don't have to do the rest of the process. And even if you don't, you don't have to look at the physical documents. You can do it over video. So everybody should have a video of some kind because if you have a laptop, it almost always has a video camera. So what they want you to do is just simply do a dial-in session with the person and have them show the ID over the camera and it's good. Then you note in the file that you reviewed it over video. Later, whenever they get rid of the declaration of the emergency, you can then require a physical review. But at that point, it's kind of moot because they would have already done public opinion. So I knew that was there. And I, I asked them, look, I understand what your process is. Their process was do this stupid thing online and then go down to a center to show your IDs. And I'm like, here's the statute from DHS. It says you don't need to do this through the end of the month. I'm requesting an accommodation, which if you don't know, under ADA and at least three other guidelines, you are entitled to request accommodations. They must accommodate you. They cannot tell you no for whatever reason. They can't even ask for over specifics. If I ask for an accommodation, they must accommodate you. The accommodation is we're still officially in the pandemic and as officially in the pandemic, they don't want you to even contribute to any spread for things where you didn't need physical presence. Here they're saying you don't need physical presence. So I'm asking for an accommodation. Let's do this through what the DHS says, which is we can do it over video. I get a response from the one guy in this organization who does this process that's as I translate it, and this is where I'm proud of myself. I translated his response as basically, he didn't say this, I'm saying I translated it as, you are nothing more than a body in the chair and you'll do what you're told. So I responded to everybody, a whole full distribution, including the manager and everybody else, and said, Mr. Stout over here doesn't seem to want to make an accommodation, so I guess I'll just walk away. Immediately I had people working to try to say, okay, let's work with you, da, 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 da. but I shouldn't have to threaten you 
to get you to do an accommodation that I'm entitled to by federal law. So now in my head, I'm saying this gave me enough ammunition to say this ain't going to work because it's either an anomaly with your HR and them violating my rights. And that means I'll get into some problem or it's a cultural issue and it's company wide. Okay. So then the guy that I'm connecting with the liaison person, he says, I talked internally. He didn't, the person that responded to you didn't understand that we're doing it virtual. That's not my problem. And it shouldn't take me threatening for them to talk to each other. Like somebody should have chimed in and said, stop. He's asking for an accommodation. Your job is to accommodate. That never happened. They're just allowing this guy to run rogue. So this liaison drives to my home to just look because somebody told him, no, we have to look at the thing. And so they tell this guy to drive to my home just to look at the freaking IDs and take a picture of them. And it's not his job to do this all because they refuse to just get on video because the whole DHS allows you to do this. So now in my head, I'm like, I appreciate the liaison. He's working with me, but it's not his job. The guy he's violating rights. Yes, we do this, but you don't need to do that. Do it over video, make it go away. We could do that in two minutes. So now I'm getting inklings. This isn't going to work in my head. Yes. This guy accommodated. He shouldn't have had to. And if that's the culture that I'm sensing, I don't want to work there, right? So, okay, fine, we go forward. They're telling me about this other thing that we have to do, and it's like $200 total. This was not disclosed up front, and I like if it had been, the liaison didn't know either. Well, that's a concern. Number one, the liaison didn't know this is a thing. Two, you didn't advertise this a thing, and you're charging $200. If you do any Google search today, you're going to find out there at least one article that tells you if any company tries to charge you anything before you start, it's probably a scam. I can assure you this is not a scam. This is a most one of the most known organizations in the world today. It is not a scam. And I would like to work there, but I'll get to that in a second. So then I have to do this $200 thing. I have to find an organization, a specific type of organization. The only one that's available to do mobile, I called multiple places. None of they're all shut from recommended from the actual uh, certifying agency, they're all shut down from the pandemic. I found one guy and he was fortunate enough. He said, yeah, I'll come out and take care of you. He had to come at like 9 PM because he was doing other stuff. So now I got this guy. He has to scramble out there at 9 PM to deal with this. And so I'm technically not on the clock. I'm not getting paid for any of this stuff. And I got to pay $200 to get it done, which wasn't disclosed. So now I'm really getting upset because the, this organization at no point said, you know what? It is kind of stupid that we're making you pay for it because if this was a drug screen, we would cover it. So why are we charging over here? But we don't charge over here. I, I, I marinated because I'm working. I'm trying to work with these people because again, number one, I want the money. Number two, I want to work there. Okay. So we get past this nonsense. We get past some of the screens, get past all this stuff. I send it over there. A week goes by and they don't do anything. I don't hear anything. I'm wondering what's going on. I don't hear anything. I get a call says, okay, next week, which is today, you're going to get a contact from this per or Friday. You're going to get a contact from this person for next week to start scheduling stuff up. Fine. I get two different calls. One call, the person was perfect. It was like, yes, we're going to get a team's meeting booked in. So you're scheduled ahead of time. Tell me what time works for you and we'll get it on your calendar. What's, what's the best time for you. It wasn't forcing a time. It was great. Said it's going to be 20 minutes in and out. I'm assuming because it's, you know, other people will talk to this person and say, okay, if you're going on that slot, I'll just come right in behind you. And somebody else comes in and says, I'll just come right in behind you. And you build an agenda. If you were doing an onboarding 
to a company physically, this is what you would do. The, all the HR people talk to each other and they come up with an onboarding agenda, usually with a group of people, two or three people. But the point is all of the different players are there and they go in one session, not stovepipe. So I'm assuming other people will contact off the back of this one and just kind of sneak in and build an appointment. And I left my calendar partially open to be able to do this. And it's a team's meeting. So I'm figuring, sure, people will just join the meeting as we go. No, I get another email from somebody completely different. Now my contact is going to step out and there's a new contact. And this is to get the hardware, which makes no sense. The hardware, the way it's normally done. And I say this because I've now gone through this process at least four or five times. The way it's supposed to work. So you understand is there's a login that has to be set up on, if it's a laptop, you have to set up the login first. Doing that means you have to be on the network. No problem. What normally will happen is they generate an account for you and whichever person setting up the laptop will go in as they're on the network. They'll just log in as whoever you as the first time, right? To set up the profile. Once it's done, they'll reset the password to something generic. They'll give you a little sticky note in the box and they'll just ship it to you. And they can do that before you start. This company does it differently. What they do is they will basically call you and how and do a, a remote session to have you go on their session to type stuff in, even though I don't have the credentials, which makes no freaking sense. They have the credentials. You go and log in. Why am I having to dial in with you? What, what does that do? Nothing. It's a waste of time. What they did is they copied. If it were an in-person process, they just copy pasted it into a virtual world because in an in-person process, you would be on the network. You would log in the first time. It would set up your profile. So all they did was say, well, we'll just do a remote session and pretend like he's on the network through my computer. That doesn't make any sense. When they already have the credential, they can log in. I don't have the credential. So I get this call to get all this coordinated, and I'm, I'm frustrated now because I don't understand. And she wants to do it as a, like, tell me when to, what number to call you at. And she wants to call it a completely different slot, having nothing to do with the first one. And I'm saying, why can't you just hook into the other session? We're already booked an hour because I figured there was other things. Well, we didn't know that was happening. Well, why aren't you talking to each other? You all work for the same freaking organization in the same department. Why aren't you talking to each other and coordinating a single onboard step? As I describe this to you folks, do I sound crazy when I expect that all of these HR people should be talking to each other because they all have a stake in onboarding a new employee successfully? And they all have to be ideally on the same page. And yet they're doing these stovepipe things. One person's doing a team's meeting. One person's just going to call me randomly to do a dial-in event that's stupid because you already have the credential and you could just dial in uh, with the account yourself and then ship me the... doesn't make sense. So I'm pushing back and trying to understand how come you guys aren't talking? I just asked, why aren't you talking to each other? How come this is not on the same page? And I don't even know what's going on. And she says, look, I understand it's kind of scattered and it's just, this is our process. Again, this is the way we do things, which I can't stand that answer. So now I'm chewing it over the weekend. This email comes in at 6 p.m. I'm chewing this over the weekend. I've been down this specific road before where the onboarding is such a nightmare. And then that company turned out to be one of the worst I've ever worked with or for in my life. And that's saying a lot because the onboarding was chaos. It meant their culture was chaos. So now I'm sensing maybe this is just a cultural thing between this joker with the I-9 and the way he responded and all this business over here and them trying to force on call, which we had not talked about and all these different things. Meanwhile, in the middle of this, 
I had talked to the manager just kind of because he said, do you have any questions or any of that? We're excited to have you. And I said, I want to, okay, what's going on with the hardware? He says, we're going to be shipping you the laptop, a monitor, and a phone. I'm like, why do we need a phone? Well, you know, we might need to reach you. I have a Teams, a laptop. It has Teams. You can just download the Teams and da, 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 or you can call my number. I gave him a phone number that comes directly to my uh, landline that I have here, and you can use it during business hours. And he says, well, you know, sometimes we may need to reach you outside hours. I said, no, no. Well, what do you mean? No, I'm eight to five. Well, sometimes we have on call. I'm not doing on call. There's no reason for the software we do. There's no reason for it. So explain to me what the use is. Well, sometimes we have to do a migration that's outside hours. That's a flaw of your change process because I'm telling you, you, you to me, I've managed this software multiple times. I've never needed to do outside of hours. It's a straight up software. You don't need to do it. This is a lack of understanding. I'm happy to come in and help, but I'm not going to be tethered. He gave some analogy that his past boss said, here's your leash. And I'm like, no, I'm not working in that culture. I am not accepting a cell phone. And if you try to call outside of hours, I'm probably not going to answer it. I'm not because I am not beholden to you. During this whole fiasco with me thinking over the weekend today, this morning, I fired an email in response to this request for this meeting. And I just summarized it and I included the manager and said, here's the thing. There's too much going wrong. There's too much where you guys are giving me a sense that it may not be a cultural fit. I was politically correct with it. I was very respectful about it. it may not be a cultural fit. It happens, right? No problem. So, Ideally, we fix this and get back to, because I'm a process improvement guy, and I'd like to help you fix this, and we do things correctly, and we stop wasting time, including this laptop, which is tell Guy Joe in the office, log in as me to set up the profile, get it done, and then ship it to me. I don't want, this is the way we do things, I want, let's speed this up so I can log in. The, the, and I said, if that's not going to work, or you can't or won't, then if somebody in senior leadership is willing to talk to me. I'd love to do that if they're willing to change. Or if you're willing to consider to bring me on as a contractor, because then it won't matter. Then I, I'm beholden to myself and I just show up when I need to. And you can ask me anything you want and I'll bill you what I want. And it's that kind of relationship where we disconnect from this and that gets us out of HR. So I'm offering options and that's how I always do it. It's like a negotiation because I'm testing him more than anything else. He comes back and his response is essentially, I translate, he didn't say this, but I translate it as you're a body in the chair. You'll do as you're told. And it's eight to five. So eight to five, you're ours. Essentially, no, that's not the way it works. My clock starts when I log in. And this is how I treat work. I am not on the clock until I sign into the computer, which I choose to do or I don't. So no, it's in their mind. They have this impression that they own me. And it's like, no, you don't. I control my schedule and you need to respect my personal time and personal space. That is, we schedule things in advance so I can work it around my other priorities. Ideally, you schedule all these things for me that you are requiring so that they get done without me having to waste my time rushing around getting stuff done because you don't want to do it. And no, I'm not beholden to you eight to five. As a salaried employee, FLSA, Fair Labor Standards Act, I guarantee you go read it has nothing about a start time or a finish time. It says, because all of you companies told the government you can't track time, that means a salaried employee, whether they work one hour or 50, I get paid the same. So I start when I choose to start. I stop when I choose to stop. That may be four hours. It may be eight hours. It may be 10 hours. It's up to me, though, not up to you. 
And I said, we have not discussed schedule yet. So you dictating an eight to five tells me you just expected a body in the chair. That's not going to work for me. So let's, I was respectful. Let's just separate amicably because clearly this is not the culture that is compatible with me. I get the director of HR. So he says, you know, this is what it is. And these are the tasks to onboard. Basically, again, you're a body in the chair. You do as you're told. No. And I push back again. I said, let's just separate. I said it. This is now the third time I've told them I'm not doing, you're not forcing me into a thing and I'm not beholden to you. I'm not your slave again. And you're probably shaking your head. Number one, that it's got this far. And number two, that I'm got the balls to say this, but I don't need them. I want to work for them. This is a different shift mentally. It's a different shift. It's actually empowering to be empowered to say no when you know it's wrong and you know it's abusive because it's abusive to take somebody's personal time as yours when I don't even have a hardware to work off of. No, they do not have that entitlement over me and they never will. So the director of HR chimes and says, I'm sorry you had to deal with this and we did make accommodations for you. And I said, no, you did not. The I-9, you forced this guy, the liaison, you forced him to come out and look at docs. You didn't accommodate. Accommodate is you will simply go on video and review the docs like the DHS said to do. Accommodation is I'm not required to go to your software online and do it if I can fill out the PDF, which is perfectly acceptable under DHS guideline, and have a notary signed as authorized representative that's acceptable under DHS. Accommodation is I'm not doing your physical analysis because the DHS says you don't need to. Accommodation is great. Thank you for sending us that regulation. We didn't know that, but since we can do that, Let's see what we can do to make this work for you instead of coming back and treating me like a body in a chair because we're still officially in the pandemic. I'm going to use it to my nth degree because I can, because I don't really need that. Second, this whole business of the, this other license thing that I had to do, I had to pay for that. You didn't tell me I had to pay for this up front. I was willing to do that, but you didn't accommodate anything. I had to do it. I had to find the person. I had to get the schedule. I had to, inconvenience a guy who was trying to spend time with his family to get this stupid thing done because you guys don't schedule it. Accommodation is you guys scheduling it for me because you're the one that needs it. Just like if this was a drug screen. So no, you didn't accommodate there either. And as far as scheduling, all I asked all of them, send me schedules in advance, talk amongst yourselves, come up with one agenda and schedule it in advance. We already had three weeks, two of which nothing happened. You didn't book any meetings. You didn't schedule any appointments. You didn't contact me to do anything. All I said was schedule this stuff in advance. Get your act together and talk to each other. I don't think that's unreasonable at all. And then I finalized it. The manager over here told me during the interview, quote, we are planning to hire a couple of contractors and two FTEs. I said in this whole fiasco, great, I understand I may not be a cultural fit, so can I just simply be a contractor so I can still help you in the software side because clearly you may need my help. He came back and said, we're not hiring contractors. Okay, so did you lie in the interview when you told me you're, quote, looking for a couple of contractors? I happen to be a contractor. I have my own business. We can do a third-party corp to corp if that makes it easier because that gets us away from the HR. There's no obligations. It's just a contract. You spell out in the contract what you need me to do. I give you my rate. We sign it, we move on and we solve it. But instead they came back with this again, essentially you're a body in the chair and you'll do as you're told. And right there, I was so committed and still am. I haven't heard back from them after my 
rant where I told him, no, he told me that they were considering contractors and all of a sudden he's not willing to consider a contractor. And everybody responds with this tone that says, essentially, you're a body in the chair and you'll do as you're told and we own you eight to five at any other time. And I'm saying, screw you, because no, you don't own me. You won't own me. And I'm not going through this stupidity because you have no respect for my time and you have no respect for my personal space. Here's the thing. And this is my closure because I know I've gone for a while. I have not heard back from them. I'm probably going to hear back from them a little bit later, if not tomorrow, with one or the other. I don't care at this point if we separate amicably because I offered that. I understand if it's not a cultural fit. But here's the thing, folks. All I'm trying to do, my personal time is my personal time, and it is sacrosanct, and nobody will step on it. I don't care who it is because I've been down this road before, and the thing is, if you try to do that and you just give in, you're not going to give your 100% to the job because they're not respecting you. And if they don't respect you, you're not going to give your 100% for it. They may have the mistaken impression because of other applicants that I'm somehow desperate, quote unquote, for the job. And I'm not. I don't need their job. And I told them that in the interview. I don't need it. I want to work here. However, with this whole cultural challenge, and I expect it's cultural, it's company-wide. That means there's going to be other nonsense in their company silly things they asked me to do. Things like, yep, you got to fill out this timesheet for the projects and then fill out this timesheet for the payroll, deep, 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 or some other garbage that I'm not going to want to do either. And it's just going to be thing after thing after thing after thing, starting from all these different hints and smoke that's coming up. Silly, stupid things where I can't even get the freaking laptop to start work today. And then to have the manager come back with a statement that gives the impression that they somehow own me eight to five when I have no login. There's no login. I've not been able to log into anything. There is no own of anything. There's no abandonment because I'm responding, but there is no actual obligation because I can't log in anything. Had they simply listened to me and been willing to work with me and just do what you need to do to get me the freaking laptop, which is all I was trying to do. Get stuff scheduled in advance. Use this extra week that we had. Get the laptop done. I know it's not your normal process, now is the time to think about a better process flow. Maybe you should just provision the laptop yourself and then ship it out early. I know you don't do that now, but that's what you probably should do. Now you can onboard people faster. Now you can make sure they're online day one. If I can log in, I'm yours for the next however many hours I dictate. Then we should have a conversation 50-50 about schedule. And we come to an agreement. And the schedule will work with my personal schedule, not some dictate schedule. Since I got the feedback that told me they're trying to dictate a schedule, I was perfectly fine just walking away. I'm getting, and I'm seeing that they're trying to play hardball a little bit, as in they're not willing to just accept my offer to separate. I'm, I'm willing to separate. I accept, right, that I may not be a cultural fit. I accept that there are things that just are with them. I'm saying to them, I'm not going to change. You're clearly not going to change. So let's just separate amicably. And I can't even get them to accept that because they're in a bubble that you just do what you're told and it's causing a short circuit with them that somebody is pushing back. But if, if they were reasonable and they really thought it through, they would understand that what I'm asking is not unreasonable. I'm asking that you give, you respect my personal time. You schedule things in advance. You get them on the calendar. When you have the time to do it, you get everybody in the room and you get on one page and you create one game plan for onboarding for them to even think that's unreasonable. That's shocking to me. And I know the truth is just, they don't want to think about it. All they care about is their routine. 
and you're a body in the chair and you do as you're told. I, on the other hand, and why I'm proud of myself, pushed back and said, screw you, that's not going to work for me, brother. And fortunately, it was just extra icing, extra money that I don't need. And it's empowering and it feels good. It feels, it feels good that I can detect it more than anything because this was a, I'd say a shortcoming of mine in the past. It was hard for me to understand before I got down in the weeds that this is gonna be a bad thing. Had I been smarter about it, I could have avoided at least three different companies I worked for where it just, the onboarding was a jack up nonsense or the pre-screen was a jack up nonsense or the interview was a jack up nonsense. And now I can, I'm perfect at it. I can sense when your process is just jacked up to the nth degree and this isn't gonna work. And I'm confident now, brave enough to push back and I feel better doing it. My only message to everybody is know your worth. Don't let anybody, any company, any employer, any business at all, treat you as if you're just a body in the chair. You're not just a body in the chair. You have unique singular value. And if they don't appreciate that and it comes through clear and apparent from them that you are appreciated, I would recommend don't go because you're not going to give your all to it. You're not going to be 100% in it. And if you're not 100% in it, you're just going to be dissatisfied and then it's just a check. And then what are you going to do? You're going to go off looking for something else. If you have to kind of take some money in the short term, so be it. I'm not suggesting turn down an opportunity to make some money, especially if you need it. I'm saying that no matter what, this above all to thine own self be true. Make sure that no company ever disrespects you or make you feel like anything less than you have singular value. And your value should be clear and it should translate back from them to you. We want you because you're you, not just to fill a chair. If they just need to fill a chair, tell them to go find some other idiot to fill the chair and then waste their time when that idiot screws up their systems or their paperwork or whatever it is. That's my opinion anyway. People may not agree with it, but I think it's critically important. The pride, the self-pride, the self-worth, the self-value, always making sure that you come first and that nobody can dictate to you that you don't matter and that somebody is not trying to try, try to force you into some sort of a regime like you're in a military or a slave camp because at the end of the day, at-will employment, at least the United States, says I can tell you to screw rocks and kick rocks all I care to just like you could do to me. Why would I go in there and treat myself to this kind of distaste? Why would I do such a thing when I could simply walk away early, respectfully, and give you the opportunity to change? And to me, the easy answer is to simply change. I'm calling out basic things you should be doing. You don't have a rebuttal company. You have no rebuttal to my request that you all get on the same page and make your onboarding better for all applicants. You have no rebuttal because guaranteed others have thought the same thing just that they're desperate for the work and I'm not. That's the difference between me and most everybody else. I don't share that desperation. I may work contract and I'll give whatever you want as a contract term and I'll always meet you 50-50. I'll always negotiate with everybody. Let's meet 50-50. If I see a company's not trying to 50-50 and they just want to dictate, I'll tell them to kick rocks. And that is empowering, ladies and gentlemen. It makes me feel good because it means that I matter and I believe you matter. And I am recommending, if you are in a situation where somebody is making you feel like less than what you know you are, don't accept it. Don't tolerate it. And find some other way to find that value elsewhere if you're not getting it from the place that you hope that you would get it.
That's all we've got here today on Casual Talk Radio, Gentleman's World. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday, so we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process that's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at casualtalkradio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted, or you can add it to your platform of choice. For now, take care, and I will see you on our next upload.